Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John gets a country song stuck in his head and is terrified of losing his job to a robot. Meanwhile, I accidentally diss Disney and tell the true story of the Old West outlaw who was made into shoes. Plus a conversation about our fruitless search for perfection and our need for authenticity. Today's episode is not sponsored by Waffle House. You're probably here because it's late. But first... A word from our actual sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Johnny, you know it's the favorite part of your week is talk about that. It's me and my friend sitting having honest, sometimes ridiculous conversations about everything under the sun. Mostly ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's important to note off the top that we are not an informational podcast. <laughs> We did get some, we got some feedback on the last one. Well, we have a couple of friends who are loyal listeners and uh, also extreme Disney fans. Uh And they did not take too kindly to us not knowing that Walt Disney actually died of cancer. Right. We're really, I'm sorry about that. I I didn't know that. I think, I mean, I said something about how he's frozen and uh, did he die? And you said you thought he died of old age. Right. And I was like, okay. And then we probably had a jolly old laugh. At the expense of Uncle Walt, and I apologize. I'm sorry, guys. We love Walt Disney. I just got back and from everything Disney. he represents to the culture. I literally just got back from from you know second mortgaging gave, my house. Yeah, you gave the guy twenty grand. So no, I'm not against Walt Disney, and and notwithstanding the, how much you drop on that trip, twenty grand. <laughs> Come on, John. No Tell me how much money you make. Guys, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and post my. Uh, you know what? Unlike some people out there yeah. in the public, you got nothing to hide in the public sphere. I'm going to post my tax records for everyone to see. Oh my gosh, um, John! Nobody cares. No, could you imagine? <laughs> they would just like to steal your identity. Ah, uh, it's true. The other day, at a, just give me your social, and then we'll be done. At a volleyball match the other day, I was like, uh, "Hey, will you watch my bag?" She was like, "I was like, don't get into my bag." And she was like, "I'll get your wallet." I was like, "Just pay all the bills," because that's gonna, if you yeah. try to steal my identity. Uh-huh. Basically, it's just a bunch of stuff that you owe. Right. There's not really a lot of not a lot to steal there. I suppose you could do it on credit, but Johnny, I don't know anything about stealing people's identity. We don't know anything about any. Please, if you listen to this we, show, we're not an informational podcast. <laughs> we're not educational. <laughs> if you get educated by this show, it's accidental. <laughs> You might need to be reading some books as well. Dave Ramsey used to say, and I'm not a huge Dave Ramsey guy, but he's one thing he said that I thought was always interesting is he would say, I'm an expert on my own opinion. Nice. And that's kind of true. Yeah. I think that's a good disclaimer for most shows. Yeah. But that's the hard part is shows that aren't opinion shows try to act like they're news now. Right. And it's really an opinion show. They're editorializing and and you leave it going, I watched the news. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. (laughs) So we're going to say off the top. We don't know. I mean, we know some stuff about some things. We know some stuff about some things, but we just don't stop to Google things. Like, I could have said into Siri, how did Walt Disney die? And it had been like, <laughs> But that's cancer. part of the fun of the show. Like, oh, boy. Yeah, that would have brought... Look, the part of the show is You're the... You're saying it would have brought the whole show down. It's the extemporaneous, <laughs> it's the extemporaneous journey together. Yeah. If you were having lunch with two friends, which right. is sort of the premise of this show, uh-huh. like... Do you want to stop and Google everything? Or do you want to just flow? Just ha- just be there. People do stop and Google everything. Johnny, I need you to be lunch. on my team right now. Okay. Because uh, the listener's listening. What team is that? Are we a winning team, Does <laughs> team talk about that? Is it a winning team? I don't think so. Um, speaking hey, of... Uh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of winning teams... Okay. We're going right at it. <sighs> John and I, mm. if we're honest in our heart of hearts, we did not expect 
the Vols to beat Duke? I expect. No, did not expect. Right. Thought it was very possible. You thought we were going to get boat raced. Here's how I know. Because I actually said something to my father-in-law. So I have evidence and he will corroborate my Uh story. Yeah. Uh, Right before the game, we were sitting, we were in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky for a volleyball. Okay. And we were in uh, a Chewy's. And there was a tell. My John, father-in-law. No, nobody cares about all this background. What had, did you say? Had procured a nice corner booth table where we could see a television. Yeah. And I said to him these words. Mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, I don't feel. It's not a prediction. Uh-huh. I just don't feel as bad yeah. about the possibility of us winning this game as everybody else does right now." I think it's possible because of our defense. Wow, that is, you're brimming with confidence at that point. <laughs> well, you're telling me, you're like, we're, we knew we'd get boat raced. Look, it wouldn't surprise me if we uh-huh. got beat by, by 15. Uh-huh. But it wasn't going to surprise me if we held them. It went the way I was hoping it would go. Well, yeah. Because our defense, statistically. And I also want to say that I'm wearing a shirt today that says Jayhawk, but it's you can only see the top of it. And this is not a Kansas oh. shirt. It is for the Jayhawk Theater, which I did a show at in Topeka. They Kansas. should really work on that because I don't know if they know this, but there's a whole other thing called Jayhawks, which now you're having to disclaim. Right. I don't. Who, I don't. I want to know who owns the copyright. I don't want to besmirch the Jayhawks. I think they had a kind of a rough tournament because their coach was out of commission. They probably would have done better had they had Bill Self there. But uh, I often wonder about that. Like that poor interim coach. Yeah. Did he feel like? He they, blew they, it. All that. Yeah, or all did that. he blow his future? Like no, I don't think so. Like when everyone knows now, you had the one chance with the. What's keys emotional to this? for your kids? I don't know. Anyway, all that said, we're very proud of the Vols, and uh, now they're they got their path kind of set for them. Now they got to go beat a team they're supposed to beat. They beat a team they might maybe weren't favored against. Now they got to go beat a team that we're supposed to beat. That's the hard part for yeah, us. Yeah. So at the time of this recording, right. Tennessee is going to play Florida Atlantic on Thursday. Yeah. If they, if, so which, which is no, no joke. When this comes out, we will either be in the final four, the final four, or we made it to the lead eight and lost. Yeah. Or we lost in the sweet 16. But I will say making it to the sweet 16. Yeah. It's probably, it's, it's, um, under reaching the expectations of the beginning of the season when we reached all the way up to number two, you know, we were right. just rolling but with our point guard going down. Right. And then with that losing streak. Yeah, the losing. We streak. backed our way into the tournament. Yeah, our seed dropped. We kind of were not expected to do this. No, and then when you knew we were lined up against Duke, you just kind of your heart sank. Right, we were the higher seed that everyone, the first higher seed they were predicting to get upset, and I yeah. think that's good for us. And that's why I worry about worry is a strong word, Joni. I so you're saying we're going to choose today. We're going to sit in a corner booth, and you're going to say I'm going to recreate. I don't know about these. <laughs> I don't know about these FAU owls. I just owls, John. They're thirty-one and three, aren't they? But they shot the lights out all the year. Owls, Johnny, they got great vision for the court. I don't know what do you want me to say. They could turn their head all the way. <laughs> they could see out the back of their heads, literally. Isn't that where Lane Kiffin coached uh, when he left? It was. Uh, it was. Alabama was first. Football. Yeah. Lane Kiffin used to do the the funniest thing. Uh, it, it, it makes him even more hateable. He would draw up a play. You've seen him do this, right? He drops. He draws up a play, and it goes in. The, the, he sends the play in, and then he sees how the defense is lined up, and then he would put his hands up like touchdown before the ball is snapped. <laughs> like I've seen more than I've seen that more than five times. Because he knew he was supposed to score a touchdown. Yeah, he knew. Like when he saw the safety creeping up, or the way the guy's eyes were set, he goes, "That's a touch." And then sometimes it would be, and you just go, "Like, God, I really hate that guy." That's really yeah. He's that far <laughs> ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not it's like calling your shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just so funny. Hey, I would like to also say. That I'm a little upset with you. Is this about Lane Kiffin? Well, did I go no, too far? No, okay. you can say I like Lane Kiffin now. All right, but no, this is unrelated. You brought up a song because you're about to travel to a city in Texas uh-huh. this morning, and uh, that the big, song, the Big D, is now in my head. And I want to come out publicly and say yeah. I hate that song. Do we remember who sang "Going to the Big D"? Don't mean Dallas? there's no way to know, Johnny. See, this is the glory. No, see, this is the glory of the show. You just need to let it. Let's see who we could. Was People it, are shouting at their. Maybe it was Joe Diffie. What do you think? No, it wasn't Joe Diffie. Maybe, Marty Stewart. No, it wasn't Marty Stewart. I don't know. Surely. Don't Isn't know. Marty Stewart like a higher I think range? it was like a Joe Diffie guy. It was one of those guys. It's just like it was that kind that of song. That 90s country had some. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. number one on the radio. Here's number two. Bone, 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 bone. It was just like, uh, 
Which yeah. again, I'm not anti-country. You liked uh, little Garth. I remember I you playing the dance on the piano one time. We were in church, and you were like, "Looking, looking back. back." Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dance, the 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 dance was, was a, a crossover, great... right? It felt like a Christian contemporary song a little bit. <laughs> you know, I used to work songs into like so in our old days we have long sort of altar sessions. Yeah. And if you're on the keyboard and some preacher has the microphone, which I am the preacher of the microphone, so I can say this, yeah. then you're at his his complete command uh-huh. and mercy. And if you're like at a camp or something where they're going to want to quote unquote Terry for an hour, which I'm, great things can happen during that time. Yeah. It's not really a lot of what we do now. We tarry more. In we don't tarry as much. I, we try to teach people to pray and spend that time, but it was like a thing of, you know, we're, we're going to do this right now, right here, all together. Uh-huh. And hey, you and the keys, just just keep playing. Just and so you just have like this hour. Talk the about vamp. extemporaneous. Like you're just yeah. like, you know, you, you don't want to just keep playing the same worship song over and over again. Right. Or, you know, so I would start once, and this sounds very, sorry, this sounds very just disrespectful and, and sacrilegious. Yeah. It's not meant to be. But like I would work in occasionally just a melody uh-huh. of another song just to see if the and it was on me and a few friends, uh-huh. you know. Usually they're also playing in the band. Oh, to or see whatever, if you could get them to laugh. To see if they if they would notice it. Yeah. Well, so I don't think I ever threw the dance in, but like I'd throw somewhere out there, you know, Fifel, mm-hmm. and just but I mean really draw it out, like just arpeggio all around it where you can't tell. I think but it's playing. Fifel. What did I say? Fifel. Is it? F- <laughs> did he play a Fifel? Yeah. No, wait, that's a Fifel. Bar- Barney Fifel. Anyway, uh, it's a. Didn't he? What was it? Somewhere out there? Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah. And, yeah. And I, did, da, da, I played a bunch of chords around it. I just throw them in there every once in a while. When I was uh, started coming to church here, we had Casey Martin playing. He's a brilliant player, and he would do that sometimes. And I remember one time he was doing, uh, they were doing a baby dedication, and he started playing. Dun, 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 and, it, and it was like, he was playing really soft. It was like, I was like, dun, 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 dun. I was like, is he playing Isn't She Lovely? <laughs> And he was perfect for a baby dedication. Yeah, yeah. Which you know what's interesting about that song is, uh, Stevie Wonder was blind, right? So it's like such an interesting like uh, play what, on that. What, yeah, how yeah, he, like he, he's seeing her with his heart for correct. real. He found her lovely. That's really cool. The eyes of a father, not necessarily always physical. You know? Yeah, that's really cool. Come I like man. that. Hey, that's a great place for us to just take a pause here <laughs> <laughs> to hear from a couple of our sponsors. I wonder what it is that makes a song get stuck in your head. And, and the deal is, Johnny, yeah. I hate that song. It's the songs I hate. What is it, an earworm? They, they gets, call those? Yeah. They get stuck some. You gets, don't want it in your head. No. You never would call a bad, a good song an earworm. You call a bad song an earworm. Right. Even a good song, like Sadie will get in the car sometimes. She's like, this song's been in my head all day. Yeah. I need to listen to it to get it out. That's mm-hmm. what she thinks. Listening to it gets it out. I don't know if that's true. I wonder how many accidents every year are caused by people swerving into guardrails because of the Cars for Kids commercial. You know mm. what I'm talking about? No. One eight seven seven cars for kids K. You don't listen to me off serious radio? Mm, I don't. It's basically just, it's crazy. It's awful. It's one of these just horrible jingles. K-A-R-S cars for kids One oh. eight. It's just their number. Donate your car today. And people just off a cliff. They're like, I'll donate my car into this room. I literally reach over and just like turn the radio <laughs> off. I can't do it. I look at Curry and I'm like, not a sponsor. Sounds like a great cause. It does. Well, horrible genius. Although I don't understand why it's K A R S cars for the number four, then kids. Like, they got to be like, please help these kids. Because they can't, they can't spell. even spell cars. Sell cars right. Maybe C was taken. I don't understand it either. There was a gas station built down near Stewart's Ferry yeah. down the road here and and we've talked about this before but when they built it I could see the title on the building before it was open it was uh-huh. Quality Corner yeah K-W right A-L-I-T-Y not only just and was the please tell me Corner wasn't with a K too. with a K wow Quality that's just, though that's one K short of being a problem it is one K short of problem and this is not the area for that no and 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 you 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 interchanged a W for the U in quality. Right. Like, you just went out there. But here's the thing. I stop at that gas station all the time on the way to pick up Seti from and school. You know what? It's pretty good quality. It's, it really is. It's delightful. <laughs> they got they got food people are buying. I mean, yeah. I, I, I really... They got a food truck right next door. Okay. 
So in some ways, maybe the joke was on me. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe you don't even know what quality really is. Right, exactly. Maybe they were redefining quality in a way that I needed, and I just didn't know it. But I was judgy, and I looked down my nose at Maybe them. quality was spelled with a K this whole time. Oh, my goodness. But probably not. Maybe Benjamin Franklin's rolling over in his grave. Like, you know what I'm is saying? Is he responsible for the... I just think that the founders were... They were, minim- they were sticklers for spelling? No, yes. I, th- okay. I think that they were, They were. you know... Um, Ooh, I got a great word. Wait for it. They were uh, acolytes of the English language at okay. that time. You know All what I'm right. saying? Worked out acolytes. Come on now. I threw it in there. So, you know, I, I do. I think when we just keep taking the language and just shifting it. Yeah. Like the other day, I needed Sadie to send a text for me while uh-huh. we're driving. Sure. And she sent it in like all lowercase, no mm-hmm. punctuation. Right. And it was like, hit me up. You know, or what? It was like, I was like, Sadie, you know, I would never text you're supposed to text as me uh-huh. so then the other day i had her do it again and this time she's well, your ghostwriter i guess and then i said it was like it was like um right in my voice sadie i said how do you get it to do lowercase she goes i turned off the auto cap uh-huh. i was like you did what yeah. like i need you to know how mm-hmm. you know i like to address an email or whatever dear sir capital s like i don't want to you know i mean i don't know Johnny, what, what's what's going on with the world? Well, we're entering a world now where that's not going to be necessary. For her, I don't believe that. You don't think so? Benjamin Franklin and I have been talking. Oh, I think it's going to continue to be important that we know. Have you been taking your meds, John? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. You want to carry on the I do. the good I do. parts, the etiquette of the of cultural. I think there's some engagement. I worry about other things, like you talk about music and earwigs and and the way Sadie's music uh, tastes are going to evolve. Do you which, say earwigs? Earwigs, like your like an earworm and earwig, same thing. I didn't. I never heard earwig. Never heard earwig. Yeah, jeez, it's like a wig that you put on your <laughs> no. It's like a, I already got a wig grown a, out of my ear. Hey in my man, 40s, am I right? come on now, come on, shave that thing, <laughs> get a trimmer, uh, <laughs> get a bush hog, get in there. No, so. But I feel like with Sadie, her musical taste, and I was talking to a comedian friend yesterday who has a three-year-old son, and I was like, you understand that there's programs now, like AI, they've, they've turned AI loose to create music now. Yeah. And it's going to be computer-based tapestries of music. Like, write me a pop song. Like, somebody's already done it with ChatGPT. They go, write an Aerosmith song. Write a Guns N' Roses song. And they'll do it based on their whole catalog, and they'll kind of congeal it into like what Axl Rose would have written and sang and it's not great yet but it'll get there because it's learning and it's it's compounding on itself so now they're making this and we already have this with uh, you know EDM music and and dance music and computer enhanced vocals on even pop music where it's become so perfect and even when you listen to radio like I was telling my friend this yesterday but like I read an article about digital remastering in the 80s and 90s when that became a big thing. Digitally remaster all your favorite songs. Digitally remaster. We were like, oh, great. This will yeah. be cleaner and better. Well, all they did was they took the highs and the lows out and compressed the heck out of it. Yeah. And so now our ears have evolved to where if you hear a song that has a ton of dynamic changes in it, you go, it feels like it's not done. Yeah. So if you listen to the old Joshua Tree record on a vinyl, you'd be like, what's going on with this? Yeah. Because we're used to now hearing this perfect, right. no pitch, no changes. So I wonder and I worry, is the raw like rock and roll going to be like unpalatable for our ears? Well, it's interesting, yeah. Like in a generation, like if you just throw on like the car I bought, they have uh, it's it's older and they, but it has a a hard drive, yeah, and they have credence loaded on it. So oh, occasionally okay. when we're scrolling through trying to get to the Bluetooth. Just mm-hmm. a credence song will start playing, and I agree. Like when "Rolling on a River" starts, it's not like they're not on time, but there's there's an imperfection to it. Yeah, there's a kachunka chunka, boom 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 boom. Like it's got a yeah. It's not like just dead on because we've been in studios plenty of times where now I mean they take they take that snare drum right and they move it in nanoseconds to its exact center on the beat. Yeah playing live you can play with a click you can be on the beat and still probably 
nanoseconds off, and you can. That's why. Yeah. That's why good drummers can push the beat a little bit. Like they can actually without speeding well, up you the see song. It, you see it still happen too. I've, I was seeing an interview about this in hip hop music. Like hip hop producers, that's a trick they'll do is they'll get a guy to rap on beat, and then they'll move the beat back. Yeah. To where it feels like he's on top of it. Yeah. And there's like an urgency that it creates. Exactly. A tension it builds. Get ahead. Because you know he's going to stay on. Right. And then you go, yeah, but I don't love that. So now you hear, you, so if you listen to new hip hop, it's like a lot of people that are ahead of the beat a yeah. little bit or even a little bit behind the beat. You don't want it to be right on because it feels inauthentic almost. Right. It's almost um, like we're, we're having to, we're having to like curate imperfection now yeah. in order to, to make art still work. Like if you played Janis Joplin for Sadie, I wonder what she would think. Would she go, this right. woman is, because it's so raw, right. but that's part of what makes it amazing. Right. Like if you listen to a Foo Fighters show, Dave Grohl is not a great singer. He's a great rock singer. Like there's passion. There's right. Even Bono, like yeah. he's not a traditionally great singer. He's just there's a passion there. There's something there that's better than the sum of its parts. Yeah. The the I think the modern culture assuming that perfection is the goal. Yeah. Is certainly trickling into all things. Music, certainly. I mean, we, you know, I love commercials now that I see that just have, especially commercials. And, of course, this is, you know, uh, National Women's Month. Mm-hmm. And w- I have a teenage daughter, you know. And I love commercials now that show people that just look like normal people. Yeah. It's not replete. Like, it's still right. It's still a model's game, Yeah, you know, for most things. But you'll see just, hey, a person who's not, who's not 105 pounds, you know, and look, I mean, you just see someone who looks like a normal human because I think that, I think that we're beginning to understand that the desire for perfection is, it's, it, it I don't know what that is in the brokenness. Yeah. Cause we've had it since the beginning. That's how we got here. Mm-hmm. I mean, however far you think things go back along the way, every generation is trying to improve and trying to basically, it, it, you know, even back to the Tower of Babel, if we, like we're trying to go past the human condition somehow yeah. to bypass the limitations. Yeah. And think about how many limitations we bypass now. I mean, now when, when Laura was pregnant, I mean, I can see my child's literal face in a 3D image. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see what she looked like before she was born. All right. And our grandparents couldn't have imagined that. Mm-hmm. Heck, our parents couldn't have imagined that at, at certain points in their life. So, there will be a moment, though, I think that we're finding it, and I think art is one of those reflections of the soul. Yeah. You know, there's some inherited, divinely inherited uh, part of our, you know, created nature that desires beauty, and beauty can't be produced with perfection. And I think there is a, there's a, a rub. Yeah. There's a rub there that's happening. You go to nature because it's not perfect. Right. Yeah, and there's something about like, yeah, it's nature's kind of messy and and when I think about my favorite concerts, there was a raw energy to it. And it wasn't just like a guy hit a space bar on a computer. I'm not mad at people that use loops in their shows as sure. long as there's something real happening. But I just mean like if it's all that, like if you go to a show uh and somebody is obviously lip like I'm really good at seeing if somebody's lip syncing on a live performance, yeah. I can always tell. But part of why you can tell is if it's too perfect. Right. And so, like, you're right. Like, that perfection lets you know it's not real. And so we reward in our brains. We give a little bit of a reward. If somebody's a little bit pitchy, we go, well, he's really singing this. Right. He's going for it. You can see him, like, pull one ear out. If they're struggling, like, they're in a stadium somewhere. You see him pull one of their ear monitors out, and they just really try to hit the note. They put their hand on their – they're just going. Yeah. And then if it's a little bit squeaky, you're like, but dude, he ripped it. Like, See, I don't know. I think that's only the case if they're established. Yeah, maybe. Because if you go watch American Idol or whatever, they're just brutal on you if you don't nail it every night. And the truth is, nobody yeah. nails it every night. If you do, you probably had help somewhere, which is okay, because yeah. you're trying to do this three times But it's like if you go year. to a show and, yeah, but you're right, if it's an established artist. Like if I go to a show and it's my favorite band and it sounds just like the CD, I'm disappointed. I'm like... Why did they? They didn't take any chances. They didn't. Right. There was a ton of loops layered in there. I want to hear like 
Because I love when I hear like an interpretation on their own solo or their own. Yeah. Or they've added a drum fill that lets you know, like, this is happening tonight in right. this room. We're all experiencing this together in a different way. And it just kind of is that the visceral experience. You want them to continue to be creative, not yeah. just what they originally made. Right. Yeah, I want creativity in your performance of this. Yeah. I want to know that you're not stuck inside your masterpiece. Yeah. Right. Which people think, people say that about us in this podcast. They do. They go, why can't you get out of this masterpiece? <laughs> <laughs> no one like, is. You guys are killing it and we're getting so tired of the perfection week yeah. after week. We're killing podcasts as an art form. That's what we're doing. <laughs> We're doing our best, our dead level best. I don't know. Oh my goodness! But Charlie. having said that, if somebody produces AI music and I end up liking it, that would be interesting to be like, I actually like this piece of music. But there's like, um, what is it? Polyphonia. There's a, there's a there's kind of a, a math, they're calling it math rock. There's a guy that plays really well, and they're producing a ton of music. I, I wish I could remember the name of the Polyphoria, Polyphia. Anyway, it's guitar rock, but it's very perfect and math and it's got synths in it and uh zennials are like really digging this and he's going viral this band but it's it's irritatingly perfect to me mm-hmm. when i hear it like it feels very impressive sounding right. and it has no soul to it when i listen to it it does not it does not move me the same way that interesting you know, uh whatever you know a, a song from my youth would and maybe some, some of that's just you get old and you stop thinking that they make good music, but I don't think I'm that way. I Sometimes I hear something like, that was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. So I still get impressed when I hear a new artist that's really doing something different. But, yeah, I think that there's something to, like, our brains, like you said, we want, we think we want perfection, but then when you hear it, you're like, eh, you need those edges right. to let you know you're still alive and you're hearing something raw and, and uh, I don't know. Well, there's a tug of war between perfection and imperfection and in our humanity, even like when I do, you know, like couples counseling or any sort of relational talk. Yeah. It's like one of the things I lean into is, is you need to learn how to argue correctly because arguing, which in in theory is imperfection in your relationship, like it is so key to you understanding one another. And I'm not one of those, you know, people get out of whack in the modern culture on the, you know, let's argue so we can make up, you know, kind of thing. Like people get really unhealthy and it does happen because they, they don't, they don't know how to like live in just the adventure of the, of the regular life. And so they have to create something that feels, yeah, you know, off. And that's a, that's a, that's a bad pattern to get into, but, it, but arguments are going to happen, but there actually could be wonderful moments for you to understand each other. Usually, you know, Laura and I have this like, you know, I, I can tell, you know, when an argument's happening at midnight and you had a horrible day and you're exhausted and it was over yeah. the ice maker, mm-hmm. it's not a real argument. It's a stress argument. Yeah. And if you can like – there's a great proverb uh, about the, um, the letting out – sorry, the, the beginning of wrath or the beginning of anger is like the letting out of water. So abandon the quarrel before it breaks out. That's one of those, like, there's just, there's just nothing good. We're just both tired, stressed, had a hard day or whatever. Mm-hmm. The ice maker is not really some bone of contention between us. You know what I'm saying? Um, so those moments, if you can just keep the water from letting out and be like, hey, sorry, I didn't, you know, it was just tired. I do think it's, it, you never want to, like, minimize, like, uh, I remember some, a friend of mine was saying that about his wife, though. He said uh, something similar to what you're saying, though, but he went further with it. He goes, you know, you come back. And your wife's yelling at you because you put the wet towel on the bed. And she's like, why, would, why won't you stop doing that? That fight's not really about the towel. And I go, <laughs> I kind of think it you might know, be. She, probably should, she feels disrespected when she's right. told you four or five times, don't put a no, wet towel on the bed. bed. That, but again, guys, that's just her. That's not really about that. You're like, dude. That's probably about the towel. <laughs> yeah, there are those. The hamper's right there, dude. Right. There are there are some things. It's just like, yeah, the, it, <laughs> It, it certainly is about the fact that you, she's asked you both If you put a wet towel room. in the ice maker, John, now that fight's probably about the ice maker. It's about the ice maker, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> it's funny. But there are things that are bigger than that, that how yeah. you have the tools to lean into it, because the imperfection of an argument can be a gift to your relationship. It can be something that you grow in. And, you know, I just, I think the the, the reflective part of culture that's in art and literature and those things is wrestling big time. Yeah. Again, the AI stuff is 
I mean, literally, I had conversations as soon as those stories first broke about it. Like, you know, will this put me out of a job? Right. Like, could could you literally have? Well, you'd see people writing in, like, write a sermon about yeah X or write hey write a write a, write a chapter book. yeah it's true about this guy's life just going through the internet and finding all of the speeches he gave or whatever and summarize you know? it in a way that no one's ever done and the, and the machine can do that right. Right. What's to say you couldn't use it? And then well, and that's to... that's really where it goes. The diabolical mind, which I don't have much of one. Yeah. But I could imagine what the diabolical mind would think. Mm-hmm. So I'm just not smart enough to be diabolical. That's the thing. I don't, I'm not. I've always through. said it. I've always yeah, said it. But I mean, I could see you going. What What you really could do is I don't want to say this because what if someone now what if yeah. this now comes back? Right. You know. But what you really could do is have it do that. And then you go adapt it yourself. You just edit right. the AI. Just take a few sentences out. You know, because it's done the research for you, basically, mm-hmm. which is the hard part. So uh, please don't take away my job, everybody. Oh, that's so... I'd like to keep working. Please, machines. Yes. Could you... Skynet, if you're listening. I, for one, welcome <laughs> our new overlords. <laughs> Johnny, you just want to be one of the managers. Like, I Well, could... it's not figured out how to do comedy yet. Uh, like, people have tried. Write an original joke about bananas. And then it'll be a really like super weird dad jokey thing, you know? Yeah. But I think it's going to figure it out. Like once it figures out irony and sarcasm. I don't know if it can. I don't know. Johnny, I've not figured it out. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> By the way, that band is called Polyphia. I didn't want to, because somebody's going to freak out because they're very popular. Yeah. But they're called Polyphia. And you're just. And I'm not besmirching them. I just feel like it's very, it's so, per- it's an example of something that's. Really interesting to hear to your ears, and I can't imagine listening to it over and over again because it's like so. Yeah, there's no. I feel like there's no there there. But that, maybe I've only. I maybe I need to hear the right track, John. Perhaps, maybe there's a yeah. There's a place for all kinds of music. That's the thing. Maybe it could be something you appreciate on one end. There was a place for our music. It was in it was trash the, can. The five dollar. You notice by the way, I have a few CDs stacked over there on my bookshelf. I did. Yeah, we got a few. We should send those. Do we ever send those out to our patrons? Uh, I don't think we have enough to send out, but we could send a, we could send a few. There's actually exciting things coming for our patrons and a whole. You know, new I've already level. sent out some things, and I didn't get email. I didn't get physical addresses for some of them because they. I sent an email to all of our patrons. Many of them got back to me right away. Some of them, I feel like it might have went to their junk. So if you did not get an email from me, check and, your and junk. And you're a patron. And yeah. you're a patron. It was sent, yeah. So check out and uh, and send me your physical address because uh, I've got a gift for you and I'm trying to mail you a thing. Yeah, you can just email them directly if you want. If you want to become a patron, we'd love to have your support. Go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com yeah. where all of our archived episodes are, but also our Patreon link there. We love our patrons. You know, I'm going to go ahead and say it. What? What? I'm going to go ahead and make an announcement. Oh. It's not set up yet. Yeah. We got some work to do. Yes. But pretty soon what we're hopeful, I'm not going to guarantee it, is that uh, Sounds our, like a lot of qualifying our patrons are going to be able to get this podcast ad-free. Yeah, ad-free. And there's so, also, we got some other things coming for yeah. you. And we have yeah, other things as well, other ways to get bonus content as well that's coming for that. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, Johnny, we've been doing a lot of things yeah. for this podcast, and right now we're looking ahead. But there is a moment to look back. I think it's right now. We want to talk about This Week in History. It's a segment we call Talk About Then. John, it's Women's History Month, as you know, and in 1900, today in 1900, do you know what happened? The first American woman to what? 1900? Yes. <clears throat> Was it... Was it like a legal governmental thing or was yes. it like an accomplishment? Okay. Uh, both. Illegal. So it wasn't illegal like someone thing allowed this to happen. Someone flew in an air, hot no. air balloon around the world or something. You're saying like it's a legal thing. Uh, it's, it was about a conveyance. 1900. Yes. Well, see, they're not going to vote till 20. Z. What do you mean they, John? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you people? I'm trying to. What could have happened before? Because I can't think of a legal... first American woman to obtain a driver's license. Really, nineteen hundred okay. Anne Rainsford, French Bush was her full name. She was granted a steam engineer's license, <laughs> locomobile class by the city of Washington D.C. Wow! So uh, it is believed she's the first American woman to obtain a driver's license. Her license allowed wait, wait, her to for operate a steam train. No, a steam engineer's license, locomobile class. So I guess it's that was when how they categorized. Locomobile. Yeah. She, her license allowed her to operate a four-wheeled vehicle powered by steam or gas. Wow. Her father was a doctor, and she chauffeured him on his rounds on his steam-powered automobile. Wow. 
He also made her learn how to disassemble and reassemble the steam engine on their vehicle before she could apply for that. So she had to go through some... Unbelievable. Yeah, she had to go through some serious training. Steam engines at the period were very dangerous and required expertise in order to operate safely. She well, never had an accident or traffic violation. Wow. So, was, so much for that myth about women there, drivers, John, <laughs> Jeez, John, that you always are talking about. You won't shut up about it. Oh, my gosh. Were there, was there traffic back then? Uh, I, I don't mean, know. that's the question. She stopped driving in 1903, only drove for three years. Wow. Uh, here's a dark one. Guys, Johnny was joking. Of course, it's a comedy. It's a comedy, not informational podcast. (laughs) March nineteenth or eighteen eighty one, the outlaw known as Big Nose George Parrot is lynched. Afterwards, his skin was tanned and made into a pair of shoes. Good gosh! And the top of his skull was used as an ashtray. What the what? This is some old west nonsense right here, man. Okay, what? Who is this okay, person? This is Big Nose George. First of all, they call him Big Nose George Parrot. Okay, he's an outlaw. Uh, he, uh, well, hang on, Parrot and his gang killed a Wyoming deputy sheriff and a Union Pacific detective who had been sent to track them down after a botched train robbery. This is like a movie. After Parrot was arrested in Montana, okay, well you're in Montana. This is some outlaw justice right here. This is some serious, like tough love. He was returned to Wyoming where he was convicted of murder and sentenced to hang. While awaiting execution, his, he assaulted his jailer in an escape attempt. The enraged townsfolk dragged Parrot from his cell, lynched him. Dr. John Eugene Osborne and Thomas McGee studied Parrot's brain for clues to his criminality. Good grief. So they saw off the top of his head to go like, hey, let's see what's going on with his brain, which I don't know what the medicine was back then to even just do that, what the science was like. In the process... They sawed off the uh, top of his skull, gave it to their medical assistant, who then used it as an ashtray. So this medical assistant's got some. This is crazy. The guy was born in France. They then sent parts of his skin to a tannery where they were made into a medical bag and a pair of shoes. A pair of shoes. Dr. Osborne then wore the shoes to his inaugural ball after he was elected governor of Wyoming. Good. So this is like. This is straight up Yellowstone stuff. A plot stuff. point of Yellowstone because it's the governor of Wyoming, right? So he. He's Montana, I think. Okay, he but wore the shoes. <laughs> he wore the shoes of a. Con- He's like, you think we're tough on crime? <laughs> look at Get this guy. This. Holy. Okay, wow. this is the craziest. I'm looking it up too. We rarely look things up, but yeah, yeah. This guy was a Frenchman. Yeah, and obviously and immigrated here up to no good. And it, this all. But happened. did he deserve all that? I don't know. I'm not. Good grief! This is uh, yeah. This is disturbing. Yeah, this is, is one of those like we just turned into one of those true crime podcasts. Uh huh. We did. Holy cow! But the it's weird though, like to go like, oh, the lynch mob got him. Oh well, well since he's dead, let's yeah. make shoes out of the guy. Literally, it says here: occupations, outlaw and cattle rustler, known for banditry, murder, being made into a pair of shoes. And that's what it says. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh man! Uh, I'd like to say. Officially, as a podcast, yeah. we do not endorse what happened. No, we uh, need like a trigger warning. George Parrot. We yeah. need a trigger warning before Ooh. that. I apologize. God, yeah, they, this was, but this happened in American history. This is this is crazy. The the Wild West, man, it was a real thing. So. Okay, well, let's go a little bit lighter, <laughs> a slight bit. Uh, March of two thousand six, uh, the oldest giant tortoise died. He was given as a gift in seventeen sixty seven to Lord Robert Clive. Of East India Company, he was 250 years old. Wow! When he died, that's a that's, that's a, a pretty full time. life. That's like the American democratic process. Yeah, right. He was around for He's the like, whole hey, thing. I knew George Washington. I knew Barack Obama. Like you know, what I'm saying he knew them all. He was a very well traveled turtle, and I don't well, know if he knew Obama. He would have known him like as a community organizer. It was pre Obama's right. Presidency. He wouldn't known as the president. Yeah, necessarily, but still. That's Still, something. That's good. People that's a, love talking a, to that turtle. That's an old tortoise. That's that's what I talk about tortoises. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, the Mobro Four Thousand. You know what the Mobro Four Thousand is, John? You ever heard of that? Um, it's one of the first computers. No. <laughs> the <laughs> the Marlboro Four Thousand is something my dad saved up for with his Marlboro points. 
Remember when you could have Marlboro points? Remember when we were <laughs> yes. encouraging people to smoke so they could buy things out of a catalog? I think you could get an oxygen tank for like 85,000 points. Save up. So. There was a Corvette in that. I remember my brother used to smoke Marlboro Reds, and I remember he showed me the catalog one time, and there was a, I was like, how much do you got to smoke? You really had to put your iron lung in the passenger seat with Good you by the grief. time you could get it. No kidding. Anyway, maybe that was the wrong message to send. Points the Mo- program. The Mobro 4000, though, John, was uh, a barge filled with... 3,100 tons of New York garbage, and it began its 6,000-mile, 162-day voyage in 1987 to find a port willing to take its load. Wow. New York City finally accepted it. So I guess it just circumnavigated. This was 1987. So it's just this garbage barge from all the garbage in New York. Not New York City necessarily, but just New York's garbage. And I guess they just were on a 162-day voyage. So it made the news, I guess. And then New York City accepted it. So what do you do? So New York City still has this garbage, I guess? Well, surely they disposed of it. Well, how do you dispose of that many tons of... You have a landfill, I guess, somewhere? Probably. (sighs) New York City. You know, a lot of us guys, we think we're disposing of our garbage by burying it. Mm -mm. But really, it's just being buried. It's it's circumnavigating. (laughs) It's out there. It's out there floating. Right. You think Waiting. The tide will come in. Um, I think it's almost like a it a it's more an analogy of marriage because it's like you're single, you've got three thousand tons of baggage. <laughs> Who's going to take it? And you're waiting <laughs> to see who you can offload this onto. <laughs> and finally, somebody's like, "Fine, come on, like come a on. friendly port." Finally, right. yeah. in the storm, and yeah. you're like, "You have no you have idea." No idea. <laughs> Get ready for this, lady. I've been on the ocean a long time. It's been with this. steeping. This yeah. is gonna be this unbelievable. Is gonna not smell great. And she's like, "Is there somewhere we could put it?" You go, "Oh man, uh, good luck, lady." Yeah, hoisting all this. So okay. Anyway, congratulations to my wife, and thank you for so much for being long suffering. <laughs> Tightrope walker Carl Walenda, the German American uh, from the Great Walendas, of course, the Flying Walendas, falls over a hundred feet to his death Ooh. this week in 1970. There's a lot of dark ones. I apologize. During a performance in Puerto Rico, I did not realize the Walendas had ever had like an accident like that. You know, they're still yeah. doing it. They're still it's generational. You get passed down like you're a Walenda, you're going to be a flying Walenda, and yeah. you got to go walk across buildings. And people just they're so fearless. But if my grandpa had died in 1978, I'd be like, uh, I think I'm going to be an IT right, guy. I'm going to bank s- teller. Yes, right. The banking Walendas, <laughs> less a less daring group. Whatever. And uh, the son, by the way, went on to be Robin, I think. Did he? With Batman, yeah. I think that's how it... Oh, is that the mythology of it? Do you not remember the... Was he a Walenda? I don't remember. I thought they were kind of a Walenda... Type family. Yeah. Because remember all the family... Yeah, that's right. They were acrobats. They were saving... They were stopping the bomb that the Joker, whoever had brought into the yes. tent or whatever in that, in that movie with... Uh, was that a Val Kilmer movie? Yeah, boy. It was yeah. one of the worst Batman it was Val Kilmer and um, of all the Batman. What's his name? The Robin guy, who's now on oh Chris O'Donnell. His Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think that was based on the Willendis. You're right, but yeah. it was, again, it's like if you don't have a good track record as a family, you're not going to get me to go into the family business. If I'm like, hey, this may kill you, this killed right. Papa. Now get out there. I don't know, man. Sometimes people want to honor the memory, and that's true. Counterphobia is a real thing. Would you ever tightrope it up uh, out there? You got your little guide pole, uh, whatever no. that is, the balancing deal. I doubt it. Okay. I would do it. I would do it with a safety rope on me. All right. Uh, the Twenty Seventh Amendment, another women's history. Twenty Seventh Amendment was passed by the Senate in nineteen seventy two, prohibiting discrimination based on gender. Mm. So that's good. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Uh, and when and but again. The first woman gets her driver's license in 1900. And we're getting this in 1970. But 1972, we're still discriminating based on gender. Yeah, It's tough. The stories my mom will tell me yeah. about working in a bank and stuff in college. Not being able to open a bank account. You have to have a male co-signer. It's crazy. You have to have your husband co-sign. Or just some of the just... Can't the, get a credit card until the 70s, right? Women couldn't get a credit card until the 70s. I think... It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know the exact dates of those, obviously. I'm sure that's all statewide, like, you know, yeah. things that changed as you went do you think women should be allowed to get credit cards john be honest uh yes <laughs> <laughs> we really need there, more female representation there, on this show we need more credit card debt from women 
Is that <sighs> what you're saying? What, uh, <laughs> is that your stance? I think we should all get rid of credit cards. Okay. I mean... Across again, all gender. I don't... Yes. I don't ascribe, like you said, to everything that is said, like from Dave Ramsey or Ramsey Corp kind of thing. Because really what he's saying is just what our grandparents said. Which is you actually save yeah, money. Yeah, and it's kind and, of a the thing. The only issue I have with Ramsey is a little bit of a broad brush. Sometimes some people are in a situation. He's just like just white knuckle it until you get out of debt. Sometimes I feel like right. There's other paths. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the banking system and well, we've seen what's happened with the banks this past month alone. Like it feels like a rigged game sometimes to people where you're like, okay, so the rich people can get bailed out, but if you go to forgive somebody's school loans, it's like you're a socialist, awful person. Like it feels like a rigged game sometimes to people, or you get in a situation where you just have medical debt because you didn't have proper health insurance because you couldn't afford it. And now you got some guy screaming on you in the radio, like you just need to pay it off. And you're like, I don't feel like that's fair sometimes, you know, or, or yeah, yeah. The debts. I know whenever we used to counsel again, kids are getting married and stuff in the last 20 years, how that's changed Yeah, from, Hey, do you have any school debt? Yeah, I got twenty thousand, mm-hmm. thirty thousand. Now it's like, yeah, I got one hundred and fifty thousand, yeah. and I have a degree in sociology. Right, you're in the hole. And you're like, oh man. Right. So like, you're not unless you're going to go make one hundred fifty thousand uh-huh. dollars a year, and you know, it's going to take a while. And yeah. It's like a, it's like an insurmountable. And right. to be clear, I use credit cards for the points and things, and pay them off monthly. Like you can use that as a good tool. Yeah, I just think I you, use them for DraftKings and I gamble. Right. Uh, well, so not a sponsor. It's a tool. Um, <laughs> speaking of tools, um, but I do think that you, I, I do spend more oh. having it, even if I pay it off. Right. I spend more than having the, yeah, it doesn't hurt like cash did, but carrying cash now feels so right. antiquated. Yeah. It feels like you're dropping the coin on the counter in gun smoke. Ping. Yeah. feels like you're doing that. Yeah. Give me a horse and a, a bottle of, yeah, your finest bourbon. Right. Whatever. Get me the jailer. Yeah, give me. Th- Wait, we got. Why would you? Because we got to go outside and grab somebody and, and then make shoes. Make out of shoes their- out of their. Jeez. All right, last one, John. Uh, and then we got to go. Uh, and these are all so dark, and I apologize. Uh, this person died, 1687. Jean Baptiste Lully, uh, Italian-born French composer, while conducting in honor of the King uh, Louis the Fourteenth's recent recovery from illness. He struck his toe with the staff he was using to keep beat. The wound turned gangrenous. What? But Lully refused to have his toe amputated, and the gangrene spread, resulting in his death several months later. Wow. So here's this guy, just trying to keep beat, trying to honor somebody who had recently recovered from illness, the king. And it results in his untimely death. This is how, you talk about how far we've come. We talk about, people always want to say, like, oh, the world's falling apart. It's like... Uh, that probably wouldn't happen. Not, that probably wouldn't happen now. Right. You're not going to have your toe fall not, off not because in, you bumped it with a right. scepter. And in the parts of the world where that would happen, like we need to keep trying to help because yeah, yeah, that doesn't have to happen now technologically. Right. Right. But they uh, didn't know. It's like women that like totally romanticized medieval stuff. Oh, oh yeah. It was lords and ladies, and but they're always imagining they would be a lord or lady. Right. They're not imagining like a peasant. Right. A vassal. You're holding the bucket for someone else to go to the bathroom in. A surf. Probably. That's what that's what I come from. <laughs> Those are my people. <laughs> yeah, more than likely we would not do. And if you like have a, a tooth that gets infected, you die from it. Or they right. put leeches on you. Yeah. And if you're a woman you want to own property, they'll call you a witch and they burn you. Well, here we go. See? It's not, yeah. Anyway, happy Women's History Month. Uh, <laughs> we've come so far. We've come a long way, baby. Wait, that's Virginia Slims. See, again, smoking. Wow. Not good for you. No. Why would they do don't that? Don't do it. Don't save up your points, no. guys. No. But Although, <laughs> the Virginia Slim points, they they had a better exchange Did they? rate. Right. So, that's good. If I remember correctly. I don't remember. I don't. <laughs> they still make Virginia Slims? I don't know. Surely not. Why would they? Not? I saw I saw the counter. Uh, somebody was buying a pack of cigarettes at the gas station the other day, and I looked behind the counter to see what the prices were. It was like eight dollars a pack. Yeah, and they've really like they used to call that a sin tax, right? You know, they would like they would make alcohol and cigarettes like higher to get just like a deflecting. Yeah, you know, uh, we're trying to discourage it, and so they would say like let's raise the taxes on this stuff. Even in southern states where is a huge cash crop, right? But now I think to the, we're to the point where like. How how do we got to make this for people to realize like this is not the thing to do? Right. Eight. I mean, some people smoke two packs a day. Yeah. 
That's like that's almost sixteen dollars. That's a lot. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's like generics that are cheaper. I don't know. You guys will find. You right. guys will find your you brand. Figured out. <laughs> <laughs> Roll your own. Do something, guys. <laughs> there's a lot more to figure out too about this podcast, and you can figure it all out at talkaboutthatpodcast.com. And uh, we always said we already said that earlier, but go there and check it out. And uh, we'd love to. We love we love our loyal listeners. I will say that. Yeah, we actually have uh, another review to read. It oh, just came in a fresh really? a fresh review uh, from one of our our loyal listeners. They're here. not angry about the um, Disney thing. I hope they they enjoy the show. You know, to be honest with you, I saw part of this mm-hmm. and did not read it all yet. I thought oh, well, I'll, no. read, I'll read that on the air. So this is very dangerous. Could be. Uh, it's five star. Okay. It's called Love You Guys. That's the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, it if it says, turns angry from here, that would be right. a huge left That's turn. why I thought it was probably safe. Love listening to you guys. Feels like sitting around talking with a couple of crazy friends, especially since I'm originally from Nashville. Oh, nice. I was listening to your March 14, 2023 podcast in the car today. I was literally laughing out loud all by myself. Look forward to a new post every week. Hey, thank you so much uh, for that read. That's from Mama Groves via Apple Podcasts. So Thanks, appreciate that. Mama Groves. If you will go and leave a review... Uh, there's a good chance we'll read it on the air. Like we would love to let everyone know. Even if it's negative, maybe we'll we could have some fun. It's with like that. a self-flagellation thing that we like oh. doing every now and again. We're like, you know what? We deserve this. Yeah. Well, we started. We our, make shoes out of our own hide here think, on this show. Do you think that where we opened was truly like us acknowledging a wrong, or was it us just being? Defensive, like press yeah, secretary. Like was it, it was it passive aggressive? I like, know what uh, you thought you heard. I'm but sorry actually, that your feelings were hurt. Right. Was no, we. I hope it was a genuine. We love Uncle Walt, and we... I really do love Disney. I'm not trying You love to. it more than I do. I love going to Disney. I'm not necessarily connected personally to the family or something. Okay. Just Obviously, you didn't even clear, know about right. his untimely death. Yeah. I just didn't... Uh, yeah. We'll do better, guys. We will. We'll try. Yeah. We'll probably still make some mistakes. But those mistakes let you know we're real. That's right. The you imperfection... We could go edit all this. Right. We could go make it... A 20-minute show Ugh. that just has the hits. You might even like it better. It might even do better. But but what would that really do? <laughs> <laughs> what would it really mean if we were successful? You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't What we're wanna, doing now is way... I have a feeling it would be empty and hollow. Way more authentic to do this. Thank you. Yeah. The tug of war of imperfection. We lied on the imperfection side. I can't even say imperfection. Wow. Yeah, that lets you know. It's very genuine and authentic. <laughs> so, guys, thank you for the time you gave us today. Uh, tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, send them a link to it, and we'll see you next week on Talk About That. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.